Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. We are coming to the end of John chapter 5 today, starting in verse 31. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so that you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you, for I have come to you in my Father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? We have an unbelievable rebuke and response from Jesus in today's passage, and John doesn't record the response of the Jewish leaders while Jesus is saying this, but using a little bit of biblical imagination on how the Pharisees would be reacting, it's not hard to imagine. They would be livid. They would be so furious and not able to hide their disgust and their anger with this man who is is calling them to task and, and is making bold statements like the fact that they don't have God's love in them and the fact that Moses is going to be their accuser. We'll get into that as we go through this text, but we have to take a look at John's testimony. And Jesus fairly calls them to task in, in highlighting the fact that you know it's fair not to believe claims a person may be saying about themselves. Especially true uh, if the caliber of statements is the, is the size that Jesus is making about himself, claiming to be God. You don't say that about yourself. You would have somebody else validating your message for you. You wouldn't be your own hype man. And uh, the Pharisees, rightly so, don't believe what this man has to say about himself. But Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't need human validation for his claims to be true. For the sake of transparency, though, and for the sake of fulfilling what they are desiring from him, he points them back to John the baptizer. And he says, all of his statements about me was true. And you sent uh, an inquiry or an investigation about his statements, and you were happy with what he had to say for a while. And, and now he's uh, out of the picture, and you uh, aren't, uh, you know, he's, he's been silenced. But what I say about myself, you don't believe. You fail to not only believe my teaching and refuse to believe the miracles, you just don't have God's love in you. You have no problem, like I said, with what John has to say. And if human testimony isn't enough, Jesus again points them to his signs and miracles. And it's this incredible statement in verse 39 with the fact that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law 
knew the Old Testament. They knew it so well. And yet through all of their reading and all of their study and interpretation and teachings, they fail to see the one to whom it points. And in verse 39, Jesus outright says that the scriptures point to me. Love that statement. You, you hold on to that statement for the rest of the series through the New Testament. If we didn't highlight it enough in Acts, all of scripture points us to Jesus. All of scripture is about the work that God has given him to accomplish on the cross. And it's this word that we throw around as Christians called redemption. And the meaning for that word is that you are purchasing back what rightly belongs to you from somebody who owns, uh, sometimes it's used in the context of land or possessions, but in God's story of redemption, what he's talking about is buying back the people he created. Moses here uh, serves as their accuser for the fact that they missed it. And it's frightening here, and it serves as a warning to us that you can read the Bible and entirely miss the point. You can read the Bible and miss Jesus and the work that God is doing. And it's an invitation for us to find God's heart of redemption throughout not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. So our takeaway point for us to discuss is to practice finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And I do use the word practice here, and I want to emphasize that word because sometimes it is a little more difficult than others, but it's there, this line of redemption to help us find Jesus. And I want us to start practicing in 1 Samuel 17 with the story of David and Goliath. Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.